much. Because you printed it out. I did. Like, I don't know. Like a boomer. Well, I know. And the annoying thing is, like, it's printed out the ad. And so sure, the bottom yeah. part is, like, I don't know. My ad blocker didn't work. Okay. I was going, yeah. I can't highlight on my phone. Fair. I mean, so. in color, too. In color. Yeah, I know. I cost us 18 cents or whatever it is. At least you printed, page. like, just the article and not, like, the, the four pages, pages of, of ads, ads behind it. Yes. Yeah. And they, I feel like they use pretty good margins. I mean, besides this, it's a huge waste. But Yeah, it's not printer-friendly. Well, I knew it would be faster to do this than to, like, copy the text, paste it into a Word document, reformat it so sure, that I can read sure. it easily. So. Totally. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. I just have it on my phone because I'm young and hip and cool. Yeah, so, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast. We're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazaroff uh, with me, but not as always, Pastor Cassandra Nagel. Hello, happy to be here. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, Pastor David and Elise are uh, on vacation. Must be summertime. Sure. Uh, I know Elise is in Colorado. Yeah. Is David in Ohio? Uh, they leave tomorrow. They leave tomorrow. Yeah, yeah they're picking uh, up. But I he, think he's picking up Sophia from Luther Hill today. But is what he I didn't heard. come in to record. No. Wow. Yeah, I wow, know. Wow, 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 wow. I know. He yeah. must not be very committed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, don't tell me. Tell our listeners. You, the loyal listener, more yeah. committed yeah. than one of my co-hosts of this podcast. But uh, not as all for not. We have Pastor Cassandra Nagel here admirably filling in, right? Uh, it's... That's what I'm here for. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you. You're. Uh, I like joining y'all. It's fun. Yeah. You're. Uh. You know, a, a glorified guest now. That's not just a guest. You're. I feel like I'm a. I'm a, a consistent substitute. So, yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 You're. You're not necessarily. I'm like the under. I'm Elise's understudy. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So you know, if you go see us on Broadway, yeah. eventually, when if, if there's when, a live when yeah. Beyond Sunday goes live, if y'all do a live recording, I'll yeah. be waiting in the wings yeah. for one of you to like faint from heat exhaustion and sure. then just come back in and yeah. Yeah. yeah, it'll be great. That'll be perfect. So you know our lines. You know everything we do. Apparently, yeah. yeah. We, you got to say uh, pretty successful. That's Elisa's line, right? So. Pretty successful. Okay. Pretty successful. Pretty successful. Pretty successful. She's pretty successful. Yeah. Okay. So you got to okay. work on that. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Um, we're gonna jump into our new story and i'm gonna tell you what here i'm gonna do for you as okay. one of our you know uh, our guests here a choose your adventure in the news story. i'm gonna give you two options here. okay i like i like making decisions do you want to talk about gorillas uh-huh or cheeseburgers oh my gosh now are do you know are you familiar with the book series choose your own adventure is that yeah. past your time okay no i'm familiar okay. yeah yeah did you like those when you were a kid um, no, they kind of stressed me out. Sure. Because one, it means reading the book out of order, right? Okay, yeah, you do. But then I'm yeah. also like, uh, like an anxious, obsessive kind of person, and so sure. it's like, well, I picked this route, but like, what happens if I would have picked, you know, going For to this sure. chapter? Yeah. So I was the kind of person that wanted to read like every possible sure yeah. option. Yeah. So if you're unfamiliar, Choose Your Own Adventure was like a series of books where like the first two pages would describe a scenario. I remember one when I was a kid was like, you're taking a bus somewhere and you get off the bus and you see a tornado coming. Do you a get back on the bus? If so, turn to page, you know, Mm -hmm. 53 or do you run into the nearest building? Turn to page 78. Yeah. And that would kind of guide your decision making. And you 
died often. <laughs> like oh. for a child book, <laughs> it, it really uh, made you confront your own mortality was, yeah. pretty quickly. Because <laughs> like, oh, you got on that bus? <laughs> Bad choice. You died. <laughs> like end of story. Yeah, yeah like that's it. Like, yeah. So so like wow, every decision you make, there yeah. is a one that makes you alive and one that makes you die. All right, so what do you choose here, gorilla or cheeseburger? Um, I don't think the stakes are life and death. I can't. Death. I can't say for sure. I'm kind of scared, and gorillas might. <laughs> provide death in a in a more violent way so let's go with cheeseburgers yeah yeah i guess <laughs> a gorilla death would be violent but immediate cheeseburger right. long death you know <laughs> but uh, heart disease is real heart, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah all right let's go to cheeseburger okay uh this is from burger king oh gosh okay. in thailand Ooh. Okay. I've never been to thailand me either it's been a while since i've been to a burger king i think it's on the for me the bottom rungs of mm. fast food chains. Yeah. And I'm a fast food connoisseur. I'm not above okay. it. Okay. So. I didn't realize that. Yeah, for, for sure. Look, okay. I love a burger. So, and the fast food is, fast food and burgers go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. What's, mm-hmm. Your, what's your favorite fast food? I mean, I really like Whataburger. I have a Whataburger Yeti that I bring to church a lot. I, I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a great, great cup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's so. uh, Mount Rushmore fast food for me. Love oh, Whataburger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, I, I think it is for fast food the best burger. So yeah, yeah. it's good. I, I I would. I'm a patty melt fan. Do you like the patty melts? I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly eat a patty melt. Yeah. Typically, it's the bacon cheeseburger on Texas oh, okay. toast, no onions. That's oh. my my go-to. Nice. Yep, yep. Okay. Because you can, uh, but uh, Burger King can't say I'm a fan. Have eaten it. Don't love it. Yeah. All right. Um, burger King is causing a stir in Thailand with its new offering, a burger. With no meat and a jaw-dropping amount of cheese. Oh. It is two slices of bread, or, you know, bun, mm-hmm. and 20 slices of cheese. Jeez Louise. <laughs> How would you feel so about it's ordering like a, this 20 slice of cheese burger? So it's like a grilled cheese. It's like a grilled That's cheese. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, but with 20 slices. Here's my thing. Okay. I, I really like when cheese is melted, you and can't then, melt all that cheese. Right. And yeah. so the cheese in the middle is probably not going to be melted. Yeah, that, that's, or yeah. it's cooked in a way where the cheese does all melt. But at that point, where does it go? Right? It's just going to spill out of the of the burger. I feel like it's, yeah. I'm yeah. imagining it being really, like, salty and greasy. and Yeah. Plus, it's not, like, real cheese. You know, it's fast food cheese. Yeah. So it's kind of that processed cheese. Yeah. You know, so it's... Yeah, 20 slices. That's a lot of slices. That is an alarming amount of cheese. I feel like from a business perspective, that's probably not the most effective um, like financial model to be spending the money it takes to have 20 slices of cheese. Yeah, because really, like, like, you you can spread out your resources a little bit more. If you're really into this, is 10 slices versus 20 slices that big of a deal? Yeah. You know, like, if you're like, I want to order this, you're like, oh, only 20 slices, make it 20. And, you know, maybe maybe I want to get two and combine the cheese. Sure. That's, you know, or if your 20 is not enough, you can do that for 40, you know, like, really up that cheese, you know? Yeah. Um, The. Item launched. Uh, it does not have a name here. According to Burger King on social media, they say, this is no joke. This is for real. But hmm. I don't see a name of it. And I guess what can you call it? I want the cheese, 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 cheese,
I I guess that that's a long thing to say in the drive-thru. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why. <laughs> what if you only said 19 cheeses and they're like, oh, sorry, we don't have that on the menu. Yeah, yeah. Mm, we had to customize it. Yeah. It's going to take longer. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's going to be a thing. Um, I wonder if it has like king in the name. Don't a lot of their, don't a lot of their menu items have like royalty? Well, I guess the Whopper isn't a royalty. Yeah, I don't know. Related name. Yeah, that's true. That is that is a question. What would be the royal king queso or something? Sure, okay, know, like... king queso. <laughs> you know, cheese and queso are necessarily the same thing, I... and for Tex-Mex, you know, purposes. Yeah. Uh, but that that is a, that I you know I'm I'm sending it on to the next round. Okay, okay. like you know I'm not saying it's a finalist, but it's moving <laughs> past it. We're giving it a round. We are in Thailand. Yeah. You said it's in Thailand, right? It's in Thailand, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know. If I don't know. Queso, I don't yeah. know. If queso is going to really translate. Yeah, so. probably would be the best. Uh, yeah. Um. All right. Some reviews are in. Oh. Uh, M. Jep- this is in Bangkok, so some of these names are going to be a little tougher for me to pronounce. Okay. Um, so M, a 25-year-old IT engineer, said she loved cheese, but this was a bit too much. Mm. I can only finish half of it. Uh, this is an issue because the amount of cheese added on one burger, um, food is good when things are at the right combination. Yeah. Yeah, cheese to bread ratio. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't on uh, on target. Yeah, you know. Uh, so so there you go. I mean, uh, th- I wonder again, if you can get like a little cup of tomato soup or something. You know, or maybe it's just like ketchup. ketchup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's what you're getting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, something to give you another taste besides sure because you need a dipping here to really kind of make I that guess. work. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would you eat this? No, me neither. I would try it. You know. I would it's worth trying it. anything yeah. once. Yeah, I would go with the group. Let's split this. Let's cut this yeah. up into quarters. You know, yeah. so we're each only eating five slices of cheese yeah. comparatively. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and I would I would eat that. You know, yeah. a couple bites. You know, and then enough to make an educated. I just know, feel like you'd have a stomach ache. It doesn't seem like a. I don't know. There you go. Like a very wise decision. Definitely not. To be making. Yeah. I mean, you're already entering a Burger King, so you're already not making the greatest of food choices. Sure. But surely there are better choices while you're inside. Yeah. I wonder what the price is on it. I'm thinking, like, because it doesn't have meat, maybe it's cheaper. So, like, if you're really, you know, in a pickle and need to eat something, but you don't want to spend a lot of money, maybe that's the way to go. All right. So, uh it re- it was at, sold for the reduced price to introduce it at 109 Thai baht, mm-hmm. which is three dollars and ten cents American. Okay. Which is the usual price of 380 baht, which is ten dollars and ninety cents. Oh wow! That's far too much. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that is not an. I option. try it for the reduced price. <laughs> yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> like I can go get a bun and you know a pack of American cheese, cheese singles. Yep. You know. From Kroger, that's much, much cheaper. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, everything is cheaper if you make it yourself. But this required sure. nothing. Like, yeah. I don't have to grill anything. Yeah. I don't have to cook anything. I guess the most thing you have to do is unwrap each of those craft singles. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that can take some time. <laughs> that, that would be the hardest part <laughs> yeah. of making this meal. Yeah. Um, there you go. All right. Uh, let us know if you would eat a 20-slice cheese burger from Thailand. And maybe we'll cover uh, Gorilla News at a later date. All right. We are with our friends at Relevant. Um, I gave uh, you, Cassandra, uh, 
five or six options. I give you a lot of options. Yeah, he I, like spammed me this morning, listeners. Yeah. So. And, and this is the one you chose. <laughs> this you, is the one I chose. It was down to a few. I you, narrowed you, it down to two. and You choose your own adventure. I, I did. I chose my own adventure. And, okay. you know, it is what it is at this point. All right, here we go. Uh, headline, Christians can disagree without being divided. Here's how. Okay, first off, can Christians disagree without being divided? Yeah. Sure. On what? I mean, on everything? On I mean... Probably not everything. <laughs> but I feel like there are some things where if you disagree, then, you know, some would just not be Christian based on when they disagree. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. yeah or like, on what they're disagreeing. Yeah. So. yeah there are some things you'd yeah. be like, okay, I'm not yeah. quite sure we can ca- both call ourselves Christian Christians, at this point. Right. right. You know, like... Um, yeah. Okay. Christians can disagree without being divided. All right. Uh, here's some. Um, so first, before we jump into uh, Tyler Edwards' article here, um, how have you seen kind of like um, disagreements happen in church, uh, good or bad? Yeah. Um, gosh, like they happen every day. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's. Uh, I mean, something that you know. I mean, the the ELCA has essentially is in existence right through conflict through disagreement so every protestant church yeah i mean like it's just sort of yeah the nature of having a lot of denominations is the result of conflict i mean sure we've seen here in the woodlands with um a lot of the united methodist churches you know taking votes and becoming part of the global methodist church and so absolutely um and at least here at lord of life have come to, to meet a lot of visitors and, and new members who um, some of whom have come from those churches. So we see the ways that conflict kind of changes how communities are defining who they are or like what their kind of core values are mm. um, and the impacts, right? Some drawing some people into the church and, you know, oftentimes it sort of pushes people away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, you know, we've seen that here even at our home congregation, yeah. you know, from some of the social statements that uh, the mm-hmm. Churchwide Synod has put out has yeah. caused a level of disagreement and confrontation that for some people say, I don't think I can no longer call myself uh, ELCA Lutheran yeah. and have chosen to worship elsewhere. Yeah. And there's been some level of, I don't agree with these things and I don't like this, yet I can look past it to the greater causes and the greater uh, connections that I'm experiencing here in this home church. Um, And I think, you know, that is an unfortunate kind of byproduct of sometimes being a part of a larger synod Mm -hmm. is sometimes things happen at the synod level that our lower level congregation has no control over or no understanding of yet come down and trickle down and affect us good or bad. You know, that's just the reality of the situation on the world we live in. Um, But one thing is for sure Christians disagree. Yeah. <laughs> that is, All uh, the time. From major theological issues mm-hmm. to the most minor uh, and most, you know, dare I say, like, pointless yeah. conversations about what goes on in a church. From, you know, you know, churches disagreed at the very beginning of how does the divinity of Jesus work mm-hmm. down to what kind of coffee do we make on Sunday morning? Yeah. And both can be bitter arguments yeah. and bitter coffee, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. When yeah. I was in seminary, I was warned by many, uh, you know, pastors, other uh, professors and folks about, you know, the first year, this was more for like folks that are kind of solo pastoring, you know, the yeah. first year that you're in a congregation, don't institute any 
major changes, right? Sure. And the big warning they would give is like, don't change the worship times because for some reason, yeah, changing sure. worship times is like just brings up all all the emotions. So Absolutely, it's, it's yeah. interesting, sort of what we get hung up on, and that's the the joy and the challenge of doing something. You know, being in community together as a as a faith community with something that's so personal and like essential to our existence our yeah yeah how we see the world all right well let's uh let's dive into this article all right so um definitely gonna start us off here okay mm-hmm. you're you're now raised the art you raised your piece of paper i you're, have you're really looking in, in, i wasn't i wasn't looking at a good angle with my microphone so i have okay, okay. i have adjusted yes go. my notes here all right um so definitely to start off this idea you know confrontation is uh Sometimes a curse word in church and in social circles, uh, especially, you know, in an increasingly politicized church, Mm -hmm. it becomes more and more difficult to kind of navigate sometimes uh, difficult situations. You know, we're all bringing in our own baggage and our own lenses and how we, you know, perceive things. And it can become uh, pretty difficult. Sometimes we like to pretend disagreements don't exist. Mm -hmm. Um, And interesting, you know, line here, uh, the church often mistakes uniformity for unity. Yeah. Uh, What do we think about that? Uniformity versus unity. Yeah. I like this example that, that he gives about, you know, you select a type of Christian you want and then you just copy and paste to fill the seats. Sure. Um, And um, I mean, I think about Lord of Life, right? We're a predominantly white congregation. You can look around and think, wow, everybody here looks like me. But the reality is that there is just a an abundance of experiences that each of us brings mm-hmm. into a community and um, context that we've been raised in. And sure. I mean, there's not a single, you know, Bible study that I lead here at Lord of Life that doesn't have people that are giving, you know, completely different perspectives on yeah. the same Bible passage. And so there's a lot of kind of richness to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's easy to sort of make assumptions based on what we can see or what we assume, right, about other people. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think um, when we get into this place, like we have this expectation of uniformity mm-hmm. and we pretend that that's unity, mm-hmm. um, then we end up, um, with a congregation, yeah, that looks, thinks, and acts just like us, you know, the Stepford Wives of the Christian Church, uh, where everybody looks and acts alike, and then what do you do with that? You know, mm-hmm. if everybody has the same passions, the same ideas, the same, um, you know, lenses that they're seeing church through, or yeah. are the vast majority of them are the exact same, I think you're going to end up kind of in a stale church. And yeah. I think that that's not necessarily unity. Because mm. um, I think unity only comes when there is disagreement, right? To say mm-hmm. like, we disagree about these things and yet we're finding unification in a greater cause or ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is hopefully the ultimate goal of every church. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I think there are many churches out there that say, you disagree with us, get out. You know, sure. Like, or, sure. or, um, or stay, but you have yeah. to change your mind. <laughs> yeah, or or the opposite way of, we are so petrified of taking mm. a stance or saying something that is even mildly controversial sure. that we end up saying nothing at all yeah. to this world. and that's, Which is still saying something. Yeah. Sometimes. Or all yeah. we have is just platitudes mm-hmm. and feel-gooderies and mm-hmm. that's it, you know, and then see you yeah. next Sunday, you know. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, like-minded versus hive-minded. This is the first like bolded headline here. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, 
So sometimes we forget that being like-minded does not require us to be hive-minded. Diversity does not equal disunity. In fact, diversity may be exactly what the church needs. Uh, and not just diversity in background or wardrobe, but diversity in biblical beliefs. All right, what do we think about this idea yeah. of like we need diversity? Yeah. In biblical beliefs, not just in, in those other things. Yeah. yeah. I've been thinking about um, like the images in scripture we have about being sheep, right? And mm-hmm. when I think about sheep, it's like, oh, they all... <laughs> Sure. We're all these like white fluffy sheep, you know, and, and we all think the same and we all just like uh, respond to the shepherd's calls sure. and, and yeah. go wherever he leads us. And, um, I think that it's a very, it's a compelling image, right? Like, because we do have a good yeah. shepherd and all that sort of stuff. But also I think it, um, isn't the only image that we should use when we're thinking about being a congregation, yeah. um, because each of those sheep is, uh, has its own little personality and things, sure, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, I just, sure, yeah. yeah. So it's, um, I've been thinking about that. Yeah. Maybe sheep minded instead of hive minded. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this idea of like-minded and so, so I think this, this requires a church and a community of believers to say like, well, what are the things we are going to make sure we are unified on? Yeah. You know, what are the, what are the core values or the ideals that we're saying? Like, these are the things that we if you disagree on these, you know, three or four issues, mm-hmm. it's hard for us to kind of move forward as a faith community. Yeah. Not to say you're unwelcome or not a part, uh, you're not on the bus anymore. Yeah. But like, if we can't agree on these things, it's hard for us to move forward, right? Yeah. So I think for, you know, churches out there, you know, probably divinity of Jesus is, is mm-hmm. a tough one. Like, if you if you got to be unified on that, yeah. I think, to move forward. One way or the other, right? Like, like either A, Jesus, Son of God, Savior of Mankind, or not. But yeah. it's hard to hard to kind of find common ground if you're in disagreement because mm-hmm. that's a pretty major thing. Yeah. Or, you know, for Lord of Life, you know, a value of welcoming all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if we can't get on the same page of that all have a place at our table – then it's hard to move forward uh, without constantly butting up against this one ideal, right? Yeah. Like without one thing kind of constantly um, having to revisit and go back to say like, so that has to be kind of one thing we're unified on mm-hmm. to move forward. Because mm-hmm. if we can't agree on that, how are we going to agree on the minor things that, yeah. that kind of come out come out of that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think those aspects uh, of of what you know, or do our other core values here, like yeah. serving God's world. If we can't agree that a part of our, you know, what our mission is is mm-hmm. to serve this world, it's going to be hard for us to debate a budget yeah. because that's going to come into play. Mm-hmm. Right, that's going to be right there, right at the forefront, and that has to be. It's going to be always a conflict until we get past it. Yeah, but there are things. You know, what are some things that we can disagree on and you think we can still move forward? I mean, certainly with our kind of interpretation of scripture, there's yeah. a lot of of disagreement or sort of diversity of perspective. And I think for me, what I find exciting about that is oftentimes our interpretation of scripture, even when it disagrees, is still rooted in some of those sure. values, right? So I think about... Um, the creed, you know, like this is, and that's something that, you know, we say, you know, not only in the ELCA, but across a lot of denominations sure, and yeah. in the Catholic church. And, um, you know, we kind of can share this, uh, 
like proclamation, right? This theological statement, but the way we interpret that is is different, right? Yeah. So um, the forgiveness of sins looks different in the Lutheran Church and in the sure. in the Catholic Church and yeah, things like absolutely. that. So yeah. um, I'm thinking about that, but yeah, sort of looking at Scripture and um, being able to say, well, you know, in this, you know, in this story, um, I'm thinking about the parable of the of the sower of the fields, right? Because we'll read that on Sunday, and you know, well, you know. How is God involved in this? Like, are we, are we wheat? Are we weeds? Are we, are we sowing, being sown in good soil or bad sure, soil? Yeah. Things like that. And um, there's all sorts of different er- interpretations that we can come to, right? And sort yeah. of have backup to those. But um, if we're able to say like, well, God is not, you know, active in this story at all, then sure. maybe that's something yeah. that um, yep. kind of butts up against our kind of shared theology. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, things that, like, we can have some deep disagreements of and still move forward mm-hmm. together. Um, I think it's it's possible for us to have some disagreements on, like, maybe uh, exactly what is happening in communion. Mm-hmm. And I think we can still move forward. I think that that theologically matters. Yeah. And I think it's important. And a faith community says, this is what we believe. But I think it's possible to be a part of a faith community without 100% on board yeah. and saying, like, I don't necessarily think that. Obviously, uh, what are the role of angels and demons in our world? I think mm-hmm. we can disagree on that and still move forward uh, in, in kind of a faith community. And even uh, how should we, uh, you know, here in 2023, approach a book written um, thousands of years ago, parts yeah. of it? Uh, what is, how do we interpret and, and look at the Bible? Is that the inspired infallible word of God? Is it the inspired but fallible word of God? Mm-hmm. Is it a book that points us towards God? Uh, and all three of those things, I think that can be value in in a mm-hmm. faith community, but we can disagree and I think still move forward mm-hmm. as faith communities. Maybe that's somewhat naive because some people might say, mm-hmm. if you don't believe this, that's our core value. Sure, sure. You know, but yeah. I, for, I think for Lord of Life, it's not yeah. necessarily the core value. I think we can move forward differently. Um, but those are our major things that the church has truly fought over, sometimes yeah. killed over. Yeah. <laughs> like, I uh, think the sacraments is a is a great example. I mean, yeah. here at Lord of Life, right, like um, kids aren't forbidden from receiving communion sure. yeah. before they take a communion class in fifth grade or whatever, yeah. right? Like um, we have different families that approach communion differently, and we have families whose kiddos or, uh, you know, we have adults who are, who are getting baptized in different ways, right? The yeah. way that we baptize sure. um, is certainly different. Um, but I think that's something, too, that we can can wrestle with. Um, you yeah. know, do we baptize infants or not? All these things that we've been wrestling with for centuries, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next point that he's going to bring up is this idea of iron sharpening iron. And he's going to quote Proverbs 27. Uh, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Uh, and so... The idea there is, well, how does that work, right? Like, how does iron sharpen iron? What does that look like? Um, How does that work through this kind of disagreement um, process? Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I appreciated the story that he shared about, like, um, a friend presenting a different kind of perspective on Christian theology, and it really bugged him, and he wanted to prove this person wrong, right? And so... Um, dove into scripture and, and, you know, did all sorts of research and, and um, study to try to prove his friend wrong. And I think what's, what's most compelling to me is like 
about iron sharpening iron is that they have to come in contact with each other. Right. And so, um, just the, the essential nature of relationship when we're in conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not just a, you know, someone says something and it upset me and I'm going to go over into my own corner and like stew about it and be mad about it and, and then not really engage at all. But Mm -hmm. I think having the courage to, uh, wrestle internally you know, with things that sort of ruffle our feathers or make the hair on the back of our neck stand up, but then also being in relationship with those people or the church, right. That has made you mad or the pastor that has preached something that's, that's pissed you off. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think there are definitely times in my life, you know, coming, coming across like things in conversation or Mm -hmm. in readings or in hearing sermons, uh, people that I vehemently disagree with Mm -hmm. and feeling like, like maybe like, Tyler here is his article. I got to run, walk away and mm-hmm. I need to do my own research because this is asking a question I don't really know the answer to. Yeah. And I need to maybe, maybe I accepted a theological stance in my youth and mm. I've never revisited it. Mm-hmm. And I need to kind of like, let's revisit that and make sure everything comes, you know, is, is great. Yeah. And maybe that means, no, I think I'm right. And I think you're wrong. Yeah. Or maybe it means, maybe I wasn't as right as I thought I was mm. and that's okay. Right. Like that, that's not a bad thing to kind of revisit things. I, I know in my adulthood, you know, having a process of revisiting like what my personal theology of hell is, mm. what is the role of LGBTQ people in the church? And this only happened by confronting or being confronted by people mm. with different beliefs than I, yeah. uh, and walking away saying like, I think what I held on to when I was learned about this mm-hmm. is tw- at 12 or 13 mm-hmm. isn't, hundred percent correct Mm. and i need to revisit these things Mm -hmm. and i need to um to dive deeper or differently into scriptures that i once thought were different you know and i think that those things matter and but again that only happens when we're confronted by an ideal that's different yeah uh and there are some ideals that i've confronted on and i walked away being like yeah i think my previously held position was correct but i needed to kind of sharpen it up right mm-hmm. so like when somebody's like why do you believe you know whatever this is happening communion or this is the way you interpret scripture mm-hmm. or this is the way you know this story matters you know i needed to be confronted by it yeah walk away be like no th- and this is why mm-hmm. and be able to kind of give a, a greater back and forth with people who disagree yeah uh, and i think that that matters it's a pretty scary thing you know to like have your core kind of beliefs or even some of these like you know lesser you know intense beliefs you know related to our faith be confronted so i think it takes a lot of courage to be willing to to wrestle with them and um and then also to name them right to other people um and be willing to have those conversations with 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 people who think differently right because if you you know we're wrestling with with a belief about communion and only talk to people from you know similar context to to what you were taught when you were 12 or 13 then um you you wouldn't have some of those uh kind of other perspectives to be able to really wrestle with oh like how do i you know articulate this myself and um and how do i understand it through scripture yeah and i think that that matters i mean imagining like um you know, forming faith is kind of like sailing off from one port and landing on another. Mm. And a lot of the Christian community is actually in between those two ports. Mm -hmm. uh, And they're not, maybe they're not even sure where they are on the journey, how far they're from one versus the other. Mm -hmm. And yet oftentimes we present it like if you're not at port A or port 
B, you're mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. Like, and in reality, I'm like, I might be closer to port, you know, B than than I, than you think, but I'm mm-hmm. not a hundred percent there yet. But if I'm told I'm wrong, yeah. I might not ever get there, right? Mm-hmm. Like I might not ever even land there. Even by the people on Port B side who want me to join them. Yeah. But if I'm told if I'm not 100% on board, you're wrong. You're like, you know, like I'm still questioning. I'm still doubting. And I'm not ready or I'm still in this con- iron sharpening iron phase. Yeah. Um, and I think from the greatest theological questions to the most minor, mm-hmm. I think oftentimes we can be adrift between these two ideals. Um, and... And the idea of like drifting from one side to the other should be valued and supported versus mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't a hundred percent agree with us? Yeah. Then you're wrong. Like yeah. and get out. Like and you're not welcome to question. If or you ask. can't teleport from port A to port B, then Sure, yeah, yeah. And if you're you were, screwed. If you weren't born on port B and taught that at four years old by yeah. your family, yeah. then what are you even doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like the idea of like if you can't do that immediately versus, you know, living leaving behind sometimes sixty years of indoctrination mm-hmm. and every relationship you've ever formed based mm-hmm. on your relationships in port A. Yeah. Then like get out of here mm-hmm. and that doesn't it's not really a very appealing journey right yeah. like oh then let me get on my boat and sail over there to see what you're all about yeah. be like no i'm not interested you know all right um uh dynamism the dyna ugh, dynamism dynan i'm struggling here dynamism dynamism yeah. of diversity all right um so you talk about you know the disciples yeah. Different points of view. Mm-hmm. Deeply bitter arguments. If mm-hmm. we look in sometimes these acts arguments between Paul and Peter, man, they are, it's hard to, to see it, but it is pretty vicious sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. like a pretty v- angry kind of digs at one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, Paul's point of view wins out for yeah. the majority of the Christian church, mm-hmm. uh, but not without, uh, uh, not without a, a giant diversity of beliefs. Um, good. Okay, maybe good or bad. Paul's point yeah. of view, it's out. Yeah, good on some things, maybe not as good on others. But you know, like, yeah, the idea of like some of these things went out. Um, but they were willing to kind of like have this kind of diversity within the leadership of the early church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what does that mean for you know the dynamism of diversity? Yeah, I uh, I really like you know in Acts two when we read about the the disciples you know gathering together and eating and praying together and then they grew yeah in in numbers and i think about sort of the other side of of conflict right like the um the lowering the temperature in the room right mm-hmm. and what a powerful thing it is to eat meals together and um pray together mm-hmm. and sort of reorient our heart space and our headspace as a community together. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a humbling thing to, you know, in our council and a lot of our meetings, you know, for different committees at Lord of life, we end our meetings with the Lord's prayer, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's something that we do every time, whether we've, Mm -hmm. you know, had great, you know, conversation or like made progress on certain initiatives and things like that. And so being able to, I think, have those practices as a community that, you know, whether it's eating together or like, um, or praying or, or different kind of rituals almost mm-hmm. that keep us, um, reminded about, yeah. you know, who, <laughs> who we're serving, you know, sure. and who we're, you know, trying to like 
you know, whose love we're trying to embody in the world. I think that can be a helpful part of sort of, yeah, keeping us, keeping us united in the midst of yeah. conflict. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, he's going to use an analogy here, like conflict and division can be somewhat like a knife, right? Mm. It can cause harm and destruction. Mm-hmm. It also is an incredibly useful tool mm-hmm. that can, you know, help grow and help, help mend and sometimes even help cut off things that we don't no longer need, right? Like it can do those types of things. Um, But when we use it to cause harm, we start to think like the issue that we're discussing becomes more important than the person I'm having this conflict with. That um, a deep, the argument is more valuable than you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that that when that happens, whether that's in marriage, whether that's in relationship whether that's in church politics Mm -hmm. um that's when i think we're getting into dangerous territory of divisions here Mm -hmm. not just uh diversity of of opinion but when this issue means more i winning this is more important than treating you as a brother or sister in christ that i think you've already lost yeah uh, even if you, you know, quote unquote, win the argument, mm. you've lost the bat, you know, the war, yeah. uh, in a sense, because you're you've you've chosen to engage in something um, differently. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a reason Jesus reminds us to love our neighbors and our enemies because oftentimes they're the same people. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the the neighbors aren't just close by and enemies are far away. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes they're the exact same people, and then mm-hmm. sometimes they're the exact same. You know, the people that are sitting sharing a pew with you are both your neighbor and enemy sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and the call to love them means something, mm-hmm. uh, and and that that matters. Uh, and yeah, he ends with this uh, love and conflict. Um, the idea of how can you look past the conflict in love, and uh, and that's an important an important skill to learn. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts about that? Yeah, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, I always have an opinion and a thought about whatever it is that sure, we might yeah. be discussing. And yeah. um, for me, the moment when I am, uh, yeah, get so wrapped up in what's in what's going on that I lose sort of my like motto mm-hmm. that I tried my mantra that I try to remind myself, like, you are a beloved child of God, right? Yeah. Like if I lose that as like the first thing that I think of Mm -hmm. and like remind myself of when I'm having a conversation with another person, then, um, that to me is like a stoplight or a stop sign. And it's just a sign that I need to sort of, uh, think for a moment (laughs) before I do anything. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. I, I think Jesus does address this, you know, like this is not what he says. This is my version of translation in here, but he's, when he's like, Hey, you say you love the people who love you, big whoop. Yeah. Everyone does that. Yeah. The worst of humanity does mm-hmm. that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there are people in the mob who care about the people that care about them. Yeah. Guess what? Not a big deal. <laughs> like, that doesn't mean anything. So, oh, you love the people who agree with you all the time? Yeah. So what? Like, that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. That's that's a, a completely meaningless love because everyone engages with it. Not to say it's meaningless, but like that is not the call of the Christian. It's to love those who love the same things as you. Yeah. You love a 20 cheeseburger and somebody else does and you're in agreement with that. So what? Yeah. Uh, you know, love means caring for those that are on the outside that, that disagree. Um, and how does that look is, is sometimes challenging. And sometimes yeah. maybe we're all left port A and are traveling to port B and, you know, we're in the middle of figuring out what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think that in conflict helps us recognize that I'm doing that or mm-hmm. ways that I'm, I need to grow. Like you kind yeah. of mentioned, like in a disagreement, in a meeting, in mm-hmm. a Bible study, in a, you know, in conversations with those at church who are fellow believers in Christ, um, conflict shows us, wow, these are things that I need to work on. Yeah. Maybe there are things that they need to work on too. Sure. Like uh, that I, we can, I need to step up and disagree and defend or uh, challenge, but also I need to work on reminding myself that this person who I vehemently disagree with is a beloved child of God. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes is harder than winning an argument yeah. uh, and, and getting to that place. So I think conflict helps us maybe become more like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Jesus wasn't afraid of conflict. He so. was not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he threw over tables at some point. He did. And and he also... Well, I'm thinking too about, you know, he says, I haven't come to bring peace, but a sword, right? Sure. So yeah. a sword, a knife, they're pretty. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty similar. Sometimes yeah. we flip over tables. Sometimes you say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, both of those, you know, sometimes you got to do both those things. Yeah. Thankfully, Jesus models both. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on this uh, topic or this idea? Any other highlighted things we did not cover? No, I didn't get through all of my highlighting. So oh, it was just wow. mental okay. highlighting for the, okay. for the okay. back half of the article. You told yeah. me you were ready. so I was ready. You know. I read it like four times before okay. we came okay. in. So I was I can tell I you, excited. that's better than some other hosts okay. we have here on the podcast. Well, well if you ever times. need the understudy to come <laughs> yeah. up, just, uh, just text me. You yeah. know where I work. So. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, if you have an example or story. Oh, by the way, um, we... Have a, a, a listener mail here. Let me pull this up. Uh, we asked a question uh, from a previous podcast. Um, is our email address beyond Sunday fan number one? <laughs> no, it is not. Uh, uh, it is about um, Prince Albert in a can. We referenced the, the prank where you, have you seen this on TV? Like, hey, you call Muslim Rep, like, do you have Prince Albert in a can? And they say, yes, like, well, you better let him out. Oh. This is a thing. I guess you're too young, you know. I you're, have you know, no idea yeah. what you're talking about. Um, so. <laughs> but we asked the question, like, what is Prince Albert in a can? What does that even mean? Like, yeah. I've heard this joke, but I have no idea what Prince Albert in a can is. Uh, so we received a message here from Rich Hout, who, remi- who told us Prince Albert in a can is a form of smoking tobacco. Oh. Okay. And I guess we could have Googled that, but... He, well, it's more he fun let us to get know. mail. He let us know, yeah, that that's what it is. And wow. it, it reminded him of his of time, you know, back I guess when Prince Albert in a can was a thing. Hmm. Uh of Is that the name of the product? That, that is well, Prince Albert, I guess, is the name of the the smoking tobacco and it comes in a can. It comes in a can. Okay. I, is it did Rich say that this is coming from experience or did he uh Yeah, I think did he uh, Google I, this for I, us? I think, you know, he he had recommend, you know, uh, a knowledge of Prince Albert a can from, I guess, pipe tobacco days. Hmm. Um, and, you know, this was a thing. Wow. I've never smoked a pipe. Have you? Uh-uh. Yeah. No. If I was, I'd want like a Gandalf pipe, you know, really long. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> Dramatic. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Not well, just thank a boring you, pipe. I want a, you know, something, you know, pretty, like a wizard would use. That's ah, my idea. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, if you have any uh, stories on... Uh, conflict in church good or bad how you've handled it good or bad how you've seen other people handle it good or bad let us know or advice or advice how to handle it sure we're all (laughs) learning we're all growing uh our email is beyond sunday podcast at gmail.com uh and you can find all of our podcasts 
on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you are listening to this. Our website, beyondsundaypodcast.com. Uh, uh, you can look there. All right. We got a whole, we got a whole catalog. We're at two. This is episode 251. We did Whoa. not do anything for episode 250, but 251. We talked about 20 slices of cheese on a burger. That is, so that, yeah. That's, that's pretty celebratory. I agree. <laughs> um, that's a, that's a pretty tremendous thing. It's almost five years of podcasting here. Yeah. So wow. we're, we're knocking on that door. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday.